conformity in general is something that's pushed. And how do I know that? Simple, because you guys remember when we were in high school and someone said, oh, that's the weird kid. Or if you ever worked in an office and someone said, don't eat lunch with the weird, you know, the weird guy, right? There, this weird has been weaponized inside of our bubbles and we beat everybody into conformity. Then this is an interesting thing, and here's where the realization comes in, is that on the outside of our bubble, with the people we don't interact with, we want them to be weird. These are the people we worship is the word that's coming to mind. It's a bit strong, but let's say look up to or worship or uh, even just recognize as somewhat successful. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the medicine podcast. We are so grateful that you are spending time with us today. Okay, question. Did you know that according to a study from NASA, 98% of five-year-olds are creative geniuses? but only 2% of adults are. Why is this? What causes most of us adults to lose that creative ingenuity? And how do we get it back? Well, that's what we discuss today with our new friend, Joey Caffone. Joey is the founder and CEO of Baron Fig. He's an award-winning designer and entrepreneur and author of the number one best-selling book, The Laws of Creativity. Joey has designed and art directed over a hundred products from zero to launch. You can consider him obsessed with unconventional creativity. His work has been featured in Fast Company, Bloomberg, New York Magazine, Newsweek, Bon Appetit, Quartz, Mashable, Print, and more. He is also a first place winner of the American Institute of Graphic Arts Design Competition, Command X. Joey strives to make work that appeals to curious minds work that's beautiful, smart, and communicative. He believes that design is the least of a designer's worries, that story is at the heart of all tasks, and that jumping off cliffs is the only way to grow. Chase and I both understand how critical creativity is for a fulfilling and growth-oriented human experience. So we brought Joey on to go into the details outlined in his new book, The Laws of Creativity, of how we can all acquire and implement more out-of-the-box thinking in our lives. Whether you consider yourself a creator or not, this conversation will help you lean into this aspect of yourself to make more money, yes, but also to lead a richer, more beautiful life. And that's what we're all about. You can find his new book, The Laws of Creativity, on Amazon or at joeycafone.com. Just check the show notes below. And if you like this episode, I invite you to share it on your Instagram story or send it to someone you love. We appreciate every listen and every share. Okay, enjoy this enlightening conversation with Joey Cafone. Cheers. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I got my love, my man, my king here with me. What's going on, everybody? This is Chase. 
really excited for today. We have a topic uh, around creativity that I'm really excited to get into, something we really haven't talked about a whole lot, and special guest, special expert who just wrote the book, The Laws of Creativity in the House on the Medicine Podcast. Welcome, Joey, to the show. Mimi, Chase, I am very excited to be here. Thank you, guys. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, we're, we're stoked for it. So we're going to get right into it. We got a gang of questions here to, to ask you. The first question we ask every guest on the medicine is, what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human? Well, I, I suppose it depends on how I want to approach. Creativity is the obvious answer. Yeah. I like making things. <laughs> So I hope that, you know, no BS, that the book is a gift that could help people do that. What is the most important thing in my life that I absolutely love besides making things, which is for myself, but I would say my wife, Ariana, and our dog, Luigi, are, you know, the most important. Um, let's see, is my phone background switched to them? No. Right now. It, it changes <laughs> every that hour. Out. <laughs> But yeah, they're, they are, I mean, everything, you know, Ariana challenges me to be the best that I could be. Uh, I'm sure you guys can relate. Mm-hmm. Just like a partner in life is a really incredible thing. Like it's mm. truly a partner. And yeah. I'm, I dedicated the book, you know, dedicate my life to her. Mm. And uh, she's the best. Do I want to give her as a gift yeah. to everybody? <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. It is mine. Go find your own Ariana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we totally get that. I mean, I mean, partnership. It's so it's so underrated because everybody just gets married and has has you know partners in life. And but there's just an underrated aspect of co-creating with another human yeah. being who is willing to um, you know, sacrifice or at least use as catalysts this like idea of individualism and sacrificing something for the greater of, of the whole when, when two or more are gathered, if you will. And so I think that's, that's spot on and super in line with, with our life and our story is just like, Holy shit, this thing through a partnership or marriage and really what the meaning of marriage is can be just one of the greatest um, lessons and opportunities for growth in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I totally feel that that's when when we answer that question. uh, That's my answer is having a true partner, someone that sees all of you and chooses to love every bit is is such a gift. And it's not it's not an automatic thing with relationship, with marriage. Like it's not like, oh, that happens for everyone to have like a true partnership is so special. So I totally, I, I feel that deeply. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Everything in life, we talk about this on the medicine all the time. Everything comes down to our relationships. The best parts of life really have to do with our relationships to our loved ones, of course, but then also to ourselves, to God, to the earth, to strangers. Like it all comes back to relationships. So we couldn't agree more with that sentiment for sure. Good. Yeah. There's, I mean, trust is the biggest one and, you know, I've, I've looked into your journeys, so uh, it is deeply fascinating. And I feel like, you know, Ariana and I had gotten to a point where it was quite challenging. And then at that point, you know, almost when there's nothing else to lose, 
Yeah. I mean, you guys can probably relate. It's like, well, shit, I might as well. Am I allowed mm-hmm. to curse? Yes. Yes. All yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Last one, I wasn't allowed. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think I broke that rule a few times. <laughs> but it's like when you're at the point where you have nothing to lose, it's mm-hmm. when you have the most power. Uh, right. You can only go up from there. That's and true. We, deci- we had decided, you know what, we're going to change everything and change the way we think about what a marriage is and how we communicate. And that was a while ago now. And it's just been incredibly fruitful. Yeah. And I appreciate it because it, it, you can't force someone to do that. Yeah. I think similar to uh, in physical health, you know, a lot of us come to real deep root cause holistic health because we face a horrible health challenge because we're in the tank with our hormones. And it's like, I got to figure this out. And then Mm. from there, it's almost like you're building your immune system, like an acquired immune system for your, you know, physical health, the more you like work through those challenges. And and I think the same applies in relationship where um, it's almost like when you face that dis-ease, that sickness within the relationship, you're building this really strong immune system that if you come out of it together, then you are obviously stronger thereafter. And uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, well, we would love to, you know, on that note of learning a little bit about your your life and your partnership, we would love our listeners to get to, and, and us obviously as well, um, a little insight into who you are and what you do currently in the world. Give us a, a brief picture sure. of what you're loving and what you're passionate about and how you help people. I'll give you the 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 nutshell version of who is Joey. Um, my name is Joey Cafone. I am an entrepreneur and a newly minted author as of, I guess, literally today, which is pretty yeah, neat. Yeah, congrats. Super psyched on that. Um, I first I founded Baron Fig, a company that um, makes tools to help you do your best thinking. And then now I wrote The Laws of Creativity, a book that teaches you how to master your ideas. And so, you know, under the hood, I'm a designer. I've done, Vart directed, designed over a hundred products uh, from zero to customer's hands. And I basically just try to help people turn their ideas into reality. And I'm obsessed with it. I yeah, love it. That's cool. Yeah. Baron Fig, can you explain the name? I'm, I'm just for my own curiosity. What does that name mean? Yeah. Yeah. We used to explain it. And then when we actually started telling people, we found out that the mystery was far more interesting. than knowing. <laughs> Yeah. Usually we're so we way. took it off the website, but essentially in my philosophy of life, uh, there's a discipline and impulse that you need to balance. Okay. And you know, there, you, we know the really disciplined people in our lives and the strengths, but the weaknesses and likewise the impulsive people and what they do uh, well, but also what they do bad. And so it's clear, it became clear when I was younger that, that uh, discipline and impulse super important. And so I looked up symbols, uh, Greek symbols, Apollo, Dionysus, what are ways to represent them? And so Baron is a version of the word soldier, which is a symbol of Apollo. And fig is a straight up symbol of Dionysus. So it's literally discipline and impulse is the name. Mm, I love yeah. that. That's really cool. That's so cool. I, I, I think you guys should put it back on <laughs> yeah, your website. Like that's really okay. Cool. This is, this is literally the best response I've gotten so far <laughs> in no, like 10 so years. I, it's so I'd true. Appreciate yeah. It. yeah. I mean, yeah. everything like the Tao would call it 
not too little, not too much, like finding where's the balance. And yeah. that mm -hmm. that's important and applicable literally in every aspect of life. And I think that those, I've never heard anything yeah. explained that way as far as impulsivity and discipline. But um, yeah, I think that that resonates with most people for sure. That's really, really cool. Yeah, I love that. You know, this this topic of creativity is so fascinating. And, and I've been in kind of the startup world for uh, about six or seven years now. And uh, I'm a leadership team at a, at a supplement company. And, you know, we have these quarterly offsites or annual planning, and there's always big ideas. There's always grand ideas. And everybody kind of gets drunk on the ideation phase, the creative phase. And there's so little like implementation integration after that point. And so this is just a, a topic that fascinates me. And, and I'm really curious, you know, from your perspective, what is it about creativity? Why is it so important that you decided to write a 400 plus page book all about it? Well, I think in the, the most uh, straightforward sense, I'm addicted to it. Like mm. genuinely, like, thankfully, it's a healthy addiction, I think. <laughs> but I am certainly addicted. You know, you guys probably read the intro where, you know, in first grade, for those listening, uh, I was seven years old and I went in class and the teacher handed out a worksheet and I colored it, cut it out. And I went to put it on the board and I realized my worm, it was a worm, cartoon worm, was a lot like everyone else's. And this little seven-year-old Joey freaked out. Like, I mean, it was like the worst day of his life. And I remember going back to my desk and I was close to tears. My head was in my hand and I looked at these shards of paper from cutting it out and I had the bright light ticked on where I was like, my goodness, I can use these. And I made a boom box, a microphone and a necklace uh, by drawing them, cutting them out, putting them on the worm, putting them on the board. And I remember the teacher got behind me, the whole class was standing and the teacher was like, I've never seen anything like it. And <laughs> wow. that feeling from seven years old, yeah. from that feeling that day, that's, that was the addiction was like, boom, how can I feel mm. this again? And again and again and again. And now it's like, you know, 30 years later. Yeah. And uh, I've been prioritizing that ever since. But to to bring it back to earth, you know, why is creativity in general important? I mean, it's the practice of ideas, right? In the basic sense. And it's not magic. Uh, to me, it's it's as practical as basketball or accounting or, you know, any other trade, what have you. And so, you know, there is a... <laughs> There is a definite um, version of people getting drunk on ideas. I like how you said that. I have not heard it quite like that. Um, and I think, you know, to, to kind of bounce off that, there's a, there's a part in the book where we talk about um, talking out your ideas and collaboration. And there's so much of this dreaming happening. You're yeah. nodding your head. Like maybe you already read this part, but. Walt Disney came up with this idea that, um, you know, in order to create what was Snow White was like the greatest, uh, you know, animated creation mm -hmm. of all time uh, up to date. No one had ever done an animated uh, anything longer than like five minutes. Yeah, big motion picture. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he came up with this three room idea where your room one is dreaming and room two is building and room three is critiquing. And then it goes back around if it needs to. And I feel exactly what you're saying, Chase, where people love the dreaming mm -hmm. and they might even love the building room when you kind of screw around with it. But then the critiquing where it's like, what's working and how do we really make it great is certainly a difficult final step to take off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
One one thing that came up for me when you were telling the story about when you were building the caterpillar, is that what it was? The worm. Yeah. Worm, worm. yeah. The worm. <laughs> and you looked at others and you were like crushed that yours looked just like a lot of other kids. I, I bet a lot of people or kids in that situation would look and, and almost be relieved that theirs looked like everyone else's. Like that's some sort mm. of feedback system that like, okay, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm fitting in, I'm doing what everyone else is doing. I wonder what the difference was for you. Do you have any, have you ever thought about that? So my wife asked me that too. We did a practice run podcast like two months ago and she was like, I'm just going to throw stuff at you. And she, I told this story and then she said, but why Joey? And, and since then, no one has asked me till today. So you guys are on fire, by the way, this is great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I, I gave her an answer that she didn't like, hmm. but I think is the truth. And so I'm just going to tell you guys, and it's not, I don't think it's very exciting, <laughs> which is uh, I'm six foot three and I've always been, I grew tall very early. Like I was six, two by the time I went to high school, you know, like as eighth grader, I was just a tall dude. And in first grade, uh, I had already lived my seven years of being taller than everyone else. And so standing out was unavoidable mm. and, and by my seventh year I got used to it and then when it didn't happen when I blended in this is my theory when I blended in I think it freaked me out mm. because wow. you know I'm this kid that's probably first grade I, I don't know exactly but let's say I'm five six already and everyone else like four eleven and I am <laughs> a head above and I, everywhere I go, people pay attention to me. And then I put this thing up and no one's going to pay attention to that. Mm. And I think that freaked me out. Mm. And I think that started me down the path of, well, now I got to stand out with everything. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and I, I love what you have to say, because I think that so much of, you know, creativity comes down to self-expression. And when you're able to self-express and see something through like a creative idea into a, a whether that be a product or just an end result that would be defined as complete, you're able to like complete this loop of, of self-love and self-appreciation, which is just a complete deficiency in our world. And, and I know that that word is like so hijacked and, and clickable and oversaturated yeah. self-love. But I think like some of the core principles of it is uh, really come down to self-expression and creativity. And that's why it's so refreshing to start like putting some real legitimacy, some real pragmatic um, and reasonable approaches to like nurturing this muscle of creativity such that you can actually see it past the point of ideation, uh, come to some level of conclusion and thus create this this sort of feedback of like, wow, I am worthy of creating. I'm worthy of being individual and standing out. And I think that will trickle into like so many other lanes of life. So I think this is just like a super, super refreshing approach. Um, you explain creativity through laws. Uh, you categorize them as foundation, process, and excellence. Can you explain what you mean by laws and the way that you've sort of structured yeah. the book? All right, real talk. If you're anything like me, finding quick foods that are actually healthy and intentionally sourced is not the easiest task these days. Take something like jerky. 99% have added sugars, preservatives, and are sourced from conventional non-organic farms from stressed and possibly diseased animals. Yikes. 
Okay, what about protein or granola bars? Oftentimes these bars have way more sugar than protein and the protein itself is usually bottom of the barrel, cheap and low quality. We used to have the hardest time while traveling, like what the heck are we supposed to eat when we need something quick? Then I discovered Paleo Valley. Hallelujah. Chase and I's favorite when we need something convenient, like during travel. The beef or turkey sticks and superfood bars are literally an answer to my prayers. They are made from real whole foods with no added sugars or mystery ingredients and are super delicious. Even kids love them. Get this, Paleo Valley sources their meat and their bone broth protein exclusively from organic regenerative farmers. The animals are pasture-raised, grass-fed their entire life, and the farmers themselves are practicing regenerative farming. This means that they are actually healing our Earth's soil rather than killing it and stripping it like conventional farms. I feel so good knowing that I'm blessing my body with high-quality foods and supporting our Earth and future generations by supporting Paleo Valley. If you want to try for yourself, you can use the direct link in the show notes to check out Paleo Valley and use the code MEDICINE, that's M-E-D-I-C-I-N for a discount, or just check them out in our medicine cabinet at getmimifit.com. We're bringing you only the best, boo. Cheers. Yeah, sure. So the, the book is divided into those three sections. Foundation is about how to think creatively. Process is the actual process of creating something from start to finish. And excellence is how to rise above the rest. Originally, I was just creating the middle portion of the book. This is a 400 something page book. Like it's, I didn't plan to make a thick book. It's beefy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I did not intend. My original like goal was 60,000 words and I ended up with 94. Uh, So I originally was like, I'm going to just teach the creative process from start to finish. Cool. I know that. So that middle section was originally just the, the book. And when I went to interview people specifically who don't consider themselves creative, I found that they were more familiar with the process than they realized, but their thinking and their view of it was what was really off. And so then you had the mindset section come out of that where I had to, before I could teach you how to do something, I realized I had to teach you how to think. And then eventually by going through it, there's so many people that were like, dude, you work with all of these incredible, you know, creators, you know, Joey, you've made a ton of stuff. Like what's the advanced stuff that you've learned. And instead of making it another book, I put it in the back as like, you know, part three. And so those are the three parts for everyone listening out there. Uh, each, each chapter is a law and it starts with explaining the law. Then it goes into a story. And my first goal is to entertain. And then my second goal is to inform. So then I'll tell you a little bit of breakdown and some principles. Uh, and that's, that's how it came to be. It was not in, it's not really intentional from the start. I'm curious. um, Do you think everyone is creative? I do. I do. I mean, you guys are, you guys are definitely focused on health and fitness. And that was a big part of my life for a long time. Um, You know, is everyone capable of being in shape? Almost everyone. Are they in shape is a different story. (laughs) So is everyone capable of being creative? Yeah, pretty much. But it's it's up to them. 
you know, it's up to each individual. In the beginning, the, my favorite piece of data in the whole book is NASA did a study and found that 98% of five-year-olds are creative geniuses. And by the time they're adults, it goes down to 2%. Yeah. Like talk about a systemic screw up that we are like, that is not an accident. That yeah. is like, ah, oh, some people have it and some don't know. That's like, we're yeah. beating it out of everyone. Yeah. And my book became not to teach it to you, but how can I remind you of what you already knew as a kid? 98% mm -hmm. of us. And then I, then, then I was like, oh, wow, now I know what I'm writing. And then it, what, what do you see as being the primary, uh, like issues with, continuing that level of creative genius uh and and where do we get off track as it pertains to you know the systems of the world that we live in yeah yeah so there's uh, i've identified three key problems first authority is we are taught that authority is unquestionable um second is that rules are to be followed to a fault and the third which is totally the worst of all in my mind, is that the end is visible from the start. Mm. And I'm not being hyperbolic here. Like literally, we are taught from when we start school right till we get a job. And you know, for most people for their whole lives to know where you're going before you begin. And I'll I'll bring that back down to earth. In school, here's a book, write three pages on a summary. At work, here's um you know, 75 posts that need to be organized and put in this folder or whatever it is. And so we're never this, the initiator like the yeah. whole time. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really a key. I know now that that is really a key element to why, you know, creativity just gets slammed as you age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm thinking about um, when I feel the most creative, I'm usually completely unattached from a specific outcome. I might have an idea generally of what I'm hoping to accomplish, um, but there's a good chance that's going to change a thousand times throughout the creative process. And I'm rather pretty, you know, those moments where you lose track of time, I'm in a creative flow or you call it flow state. That to me is where I feel the most creative. And usually what's accompanied with that is this lack of attachment to a, a specific outcome. Have you seen that uh, in, in your life and others as well? Yes, 100%. This chapter um, 15 is forget the end and it's called the law of wandering. And I'm going to read it because it's brief. And it says to create something new, you must allow the process to lead inviting serendipity rather than force expectations of the final result. If you don't wander, you only encounter what's been created. Yeah. So if you think about that, if you are trying to imagine the end from the beginning, that means everything that you do to get there doesn't really matter because you've already predicted it. You've already laid a stake and you haven't let the process say, well, I'm going to throw you some surprises. You're removing mm -hmm. all that surprise from it. And so, yeah, I absolutely like detachment is really important, you know, for work's sake, I say I'm a designer. But I even try to, you know, when I'm just thinking about it on my own, I am not a designer. I design. Mm. You know, I am Joey. I love that. I'm mm -hmm. not a writer. I write. And so, yeah, the, the more you can detach yourself, absolutely. It's super bountiful. 
Yeah, I love that. Something I thought of when when you were speaking is, um, you know, being in the journey and not and detaching yourself from the end result. Um, even the the title of the book is the laws of creativity. Laws are like basically fixed unless they're amended later, or whatever. But they're they they denote some sort of finality, right? To that word that has it has a a final type of connotation and creative is like super flowy like <laughs> did you intentionally create a paradox in the title oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i knew uh, i i i am out for blood like i wanted to piss off every creative person that treats this as some sort of precious precious practice it's not and i knew that writing the laws of creativity would attract people who are scared because mm-hmm. unfortunately and i love this word charlatan there are a lot of charlatans out there in the creative space who talk about what they do as if it's magic and it's mm. not it's yeah. not i mean the process of creativity like that, that 10 steps to make sure you're going to make eight things you know whatever the freaking right is. Yeah. right and it's just it's it's bullshit yeah um, <laughs> just just bullshit i yeah. love it our, our listeners are very well versed in you know us dissecting structures you know, whether it be authority, whether it be religion, whether it be nutritional mm. dogma, like we, that is a, a core value of the medicine, you could say, is to look at these different structures of the maybe mainstream narrative, whatever that may be, and to really mm-hmm. think like, huh, is that my experience? Is that what I know to be true? Like, how can I dissect this? How can I start thinking for myself? And so I, I love that you put that spin on it. And um, you know, I, I, I love the, the paradox because it's, it's, um, it's almost like cheeky, you know, like your, your yeah, personality yeah. comes through even in the, in, even in the title, which I love. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, you mentioned it, you know, Walt Disney, and then you mentioned you've talked to, uh, you know, individuals directly who you, you know, considered creative as you crafted this book. What were some of the, themes or maybe some of the biggest breakthroughs that you had as you studied individuals and or talked to individuals through the the creation of this book um, around creativity? What were some of the common threads or maybe some of the outliers that completely blew your mind? Hmm. That's a good question. That is a really good question. And I'm having trouble answering it. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I, I... I'm going to be very uh, diplomatic here. (laughs) (laughs) So I did a damn good job in the beginning of collecting all of this to the point where I couldn't find any, any suggestions to things that I hadn't done, Mm. which is a, which is good. And I talked to a lot of people, but what I did find was the proof that in the in the particular lies the universal where my experience with mastering creativity that i you know i created all this outline and all these laws and then i was like i need you to break this book and i took it to some heavy hitters Mm. and they could not they could not find anything that they disagreed with um the closest anyone got was there was a point in which I said that boredom is poison to creativity. And uh, one individual was like, hold on, man, I'm not sure about that. 
what he didn't realize, I think maybe you might not have read the whole thing. I'm not sure, but I created, I separated boredom and stillness into two mm-hmm. experiences. Stillness, which is could be a part of boredom, is super valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stillness and observation and appreciation and patience, um, all wrapped into that stillness experience is really valuable. But boredom um, is, you know, just an apathy towards life and towards what you're doing. So anyway, I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but I, <laughs> I did. I put those 30 years to 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 work and I, I'm gratefully found um, that, you know, this is a universal experience for so many people is, is creating. Um, yeah, totally. You know, I, I stillness and boredom. I love that um, mm-hmm. distinction. Boredom, like in 2022, you can be very busy and be bored. You can be scrolling for yeah. my, your thumb can be doing miles of cardio on Instagram <laughs> Scroll and, and you're still bored. I mean, I sat in school mm-hmm. and I was bored, uh, but I'm, I'm stimulated, right? I'm, a, I'm active stillness. It makes me think of while I called it boredom as a kid, you know, I've got a six hour car ride with my parents to my grandparents' house and I have no device, you know, there was no devices or anything. And I'm sitting there and all I've got is stillness. And so I may as well just like hang out in my imagination or I may as well like, you yeah. know, contemplate the meaning of the universe at eight years old or whatever I was doing as a, as a weird little kid. But that is where you have this, you have like seven minutes of stillness or boredom. And then you kind of break through that barrier into the land of, you know, no rules, no limits and absolute imagination. I love that. How you said hanging out in my imagination. That's really neat. Yes. That is exactly what it is that we're doing in stillness. Well said. Yeah, I think I, going back to, you know, what squashes creativity at, you know, for five-year-olds, if 98% of them are creative geniuses, um, you know, as we're on this topic of boredom, um, school, school, the traditional, in the traditional sense, you know, just the regular public school system, or even, you know, we went to private school and it was the same way when kids feel uninspired when they feel, um, mm. I think, a lack of autonomy in their own learning. Like, I'm not even interested in this. Like, why do I have to learn this versus a child that, you know, maybe is part of a different type of structure system where they're like, what's interesting to you right now? Let's go deep into that. You know, a lot of our mm-hmm. friends do like co-op learnings or they homeschool. And it's like, there is a structure to it, but the kids are allowed to go deep into, you know, like our friend was just talking about her son is seven years old and he's fascinated by tornadoes and hurricanes and storms. And so she's like, so we're going deep into it and he's lit up by it. Yeah. Which is really cool. And so I can't help but think that part of the reason that after five creativity goes down the garbage disposal, um, would be this boredom and uninspiring nature of school. What are your thoughts there? Well, I have, I have severe personal experience with this. Hey, homie, if you've listened to the medicine podcast for a while now, you know that Chase and I are extremely selective when it comes to the mushroom products we recommend. 
This is because after years of researching the mushroom space, we honestly were disappointed to find out that the large majority of these products are diluted and bulked up with grain-based fillers, which led to us creating our own mushroom elixir, Mushy Love Cinnamon Swirl Latte. We were committed to formulating one that is delicious and high quality. One that has a clean organic ingredient list, no gut or hormone disruptors, absolutely zero fillers, and a hefty dose of pure medicinal mushrooms. Mushy Love Latte is the result. This is a blendable, caffeine-free mushroom elixir with 500 milligrams each of incredible mushrooms, chaga and tremella. That is at least two to three times more mushrooms than other very popular mushroom brands out there to support your gut health, immunity, skin hydration, and beauty. Oh, and it tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll, y'all. Just blend one to two scoops with your favorite steamed milk and you have a delicious elixir that you can drink any time of day. You can also blend a scoop into your morning coffee as a creamer with a cinnamon swirl twist. To try Mushy Love Latte for yourself, go to getmushylove.com and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for 10% off your subscription or one-time order. Again, getmushylove.com, use the code MEDICINE. Mushy Love is highest quality mushrooms and highest quality love. Enjoy. Uh, I went to college twice. I did two four-year programs. And the first time I went for literature and philosophy, which I loved. But it was not gripping. And I failed 15 classes. Wow. 15. I mean, wow. that's like that's like three straight semesters if I had done it back to back and I did my four years. I never graduated. I just left. I mm. spent more time in the cafeteria, more time playing volleyball with the girls volleyball team than yes. ever being in class. Then uh, actually, you know, at the end of the four, fourth year, I was like, I'm done with this shit. Uh, you know, I got a six pack, drank it, drew all over my walls with Sharpies, woke up the next day, Friends came over and were like, who did this? And I said, I did. And they're like, damn, dude, you should go to art school. So I did. And it was the best wow. impulsive thing I ever did in my life because art school and learning to be a designer engaged the hell out of me. Mm. And I went from this kid who failed 15 classes and had summer school every year to now I was, you know, honors, top of my class. Uh, I would now I chose to go to summer school just to get more of it. And I did eight years straight, including summers wow. accidentally. Uh, and the, the experiences were so different. Like yeah. you said, like and one, I was a student who was not doing anything interesting. And I, I was just so disengaged and no one was there. You know, I'm one of many, like, like all students, if you're not homeschooled, you're just one of a group. And I understand, you know, let's get the group through the door. And people fall behind. And, you know, that was me in college round one. Round two was such an incredible experience. And I did take some of the round one stuff and apply it forward. But yeah, 100% relate. You have kids? No, not yet. 
So it makes me wonder if, if, if it's, if that's something, you know, certainly it's something that we're already talking about. We don't have kids either. Um, and we're already talking about like, what would we do for school if we had a kid right now? Mm. Because the public school system, um, I know there are a lot of great teachers out there, but as a whole, it doesn't seem like it's in alignment with how we choose to live our life and the, the way that we, the way that we live, I guess. And so it makes me wonder, um, if that your experience will inform how you advise your kid or the, the path that you send your kid, if, if you guys choose to have them. Yeah. I'm thinking about that a lot. This has been a hot conversation. I'm 35 and, uh, this is like the topic mm. and, you know, starting to read books and think about what is it that, you know, what kind of dad could I be, would I be, should I be, uh, and where, you know, what's the right amount of guidance and how do I, you know, give a kid the best odds of, of not success in the traditional sense, but odds of being like a complete human. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's scary. It's yeah. scary as hell. It's a big job. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. a, it's we a totally wild, feel that. wild world we live in. Um, you know, going back to something you mentioned around impulse and this, mm-hmm. this sort of impulse that you felt as you kind of transitioned in between two different, you know, uh, approaches to learning and, and academia, how important is impulse or intuitive nudges as they pertain to the creative process? When should, when should we listen to the impulse or when should we uh, identify that nudge as real inspiration? How have you been able to do that? And where does it kind of fall into play through, throughout the creative process? Yeah, I, I noticed. So I quickly re-encapsulated the word impulse because it, it does have a negative connotation mm-hmm. where we go, oh, that, that person's impulsive. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's negative. And whereas someone who's disciplined, it's not such a negative. And so there's also, there's just an imbalance in how we view it already. Yeah. And so there's, I wrote a whole chapter on it, but I immediately attached the, the idea of impulsivity to adaptability. Mm. And that is what I speak to, you know, in the book where I have noticed that the, the best creators, you know, and things that, the, that I've done in my own life came from having a conversation with the moment. Okay. That's what adaptability is. I am, I am actually present. I'm watching, I'm engaging, and I am able to see the world for what it is and then make a change. Mm. And that is uh, one of the biggest traits. And it's, you know, it's towards the beginning of the excellence chapter. It's one of the biggest traits in rising above the rest. And is that just the ability to recognize that there's an opportunity off the path of expectation and then to create a new path. I love that phrase you just used conversation with the moment. Mm. I might have to steal that. I will credit <laughs> you, but yeah, that's, no, Hey, that's such do, a good descriptive <laughs> phrase of yeah. intuition. Right. And yeah. following those, you know, I, I, I tend to call them like nudges, like feeling a nudge for my intuition, but like, yeah, when I'm having a conversation with the moment, here's what I'm feeling is the next best course of action, or here's where, where I'm being inspired. And for mm. that, you obviously have to have presence and stillness. We're not going to feel, we're not going to be able to have a conversation with the moment. If we're constantly head down on the path, like, 
in a scroll hole or never allowing ourselves the space and stillness to converse with the moment. I absolutely love that. That's so great. Thank you. Yeah. If you think about, um, if we bring this back to kids and we talk about, well, what is it that make these kids, these creative geniuses, part of it is being able to converse with the moment. And Mm -hmm. it's essentially the act, that act is easy way to describe it is it's play. Yeah. So when you're able to play, when you engage in the moment, it's why we say play an instrument rather than use an instrument because the moment you stop, it stops. Yeah. It is only in the moment. Yeah. And so there's all this, you know, play and children, you know, as you go through the book, you'll see like, Oh my goodness, you know, kids and our, like, I, I like to occasionally call it like our original self. Yeah. Our, our young self. And we really did have it right mm-hmm. before society kind of came along and totally. showed us uh, some incorrect approaches. Totally. So I want to get into that a little bit. Literally on the, on the cover of the book, it says unlock your originality and getting to this point of like our original selves, our authentic selves. Um, can you go into a little bit why that's so important in, the, in creativity is authenticity, originality, mm-hmm. and then how would you would encourage uh, people to get in touch with their originality? Okay. Yeah. Well, this is good. I can, it's, there's so much I want to say already that I'm like, <laughs> um, okay. Well, so first of all, we already said the creativity is the practice of ideas. And when you, express those ideas it's self-expression and when people express themselves in general like and this is not me this is just statistically studies have shown that you're happier you know generally actually you know healthier physically and mentally and just a world of opportunity when you employ creativity at work you know you actually make more money statistically um you know companies make more money so all around, like unlocking originality unlocks all of these wonderful things. How do we do it? It's a great question. I think first a realization and then second, um, let's call it an activity. So first, the realization is that let's talk about our bubble, the world that we live in, right? You know, Chase and Mimi are in a bubble, Joey's in a bubble, and you know, let's say it's 10 square miles, whatever it is, it's where you go and the people you see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Cool. Inside this bubble that everybody has, it's unique to them, conformity, and not necessarily by us, but conformity in general is um, something that's pushed, okay? And how do I know that? Simple, because you guys remember when we were in high school and someone said, oh, that's the weird kid. Or if you ever worked in an office and someone said, don't eat lunch with the weird, you know, the weird guy, right? Mm -hmm. This weird has been weaponized inside Mm -hmm. of our bubbles, and we beat everybody into conformity. Then this is an interesting thing. And here's where the realization comes in is that on the outside of our bubble with the people we don't interact with, we want them to be weird. These are the people we worship is the word that's coming to mind. It's a bit strong, but let's say look up to or worship or uh, even just recognize as somewhat successful. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. Albert Einstein is a great example. Weird. Right? But right. We all, you know, how many quotes are plastered on school walls and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, museums yeah. and things like that. And it's like, yeah, you're, I've never thought about it that way. We want, yeah. we do, we, we revere weirdness. and worship these outliers, but yep. we don't want 
to necessarily be an outlier always. I mean, now I do, but I, yeah, to your point. Isn't that curious? Like, you know, yeah. Lady Gaga is my favorite example. Yeah. She was yeah. a fun, Stephanie Germanota, I think uh, I might be saying that wrong. Phenomenal musician, you know, dress and act like everyone else decided to just create this persona that was way out there. And all of a sudden she's a superstar mm -hmm. because weird is worshiped outside yeah. the bubble and weird is weaponized inside the bubble. Really weird. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, <laughs> so that's the realization is when you start to say, huh, okay, that's curious. And then I, I have an activity that's in the book and you know, it's something anyone can think of. Um, think of on their own and, and do it, but I'll run through it real quick, which is, you know, take three interests that you have. And let's say, you know, a favorite book, a TV show and a movie. Do you guys have, or not, I, I shouldn't say favorite because then you have to think too hard, but what's a good, yeah. a book, a TV show and a movie, just throw it out. Oh gosh. Well, we've been watching house of uh, dragon. dragon. Yeah. Okay. That. House so of that's, dragon. that's one. Uh, movie, Dumb and Dumber, obviously. Dumb and Dumber, yes. And, <laughs> and a book. Uh, book. Let's go Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah, that's, okay, a, that's cool. very close to home. So three fantastic choices that you guys have chosen that no one has chosen in the many times that I've asked this. <laughs> yes. No one has done this combination. So let's limit Let's limit the combinations to, you know, a thousand. And I, my wife says, Joey, chill with the math because it, it screws people up, but we'll see how it goes. So with, with just those three items, the permutations, the number of combinations is a billion, okay? So a minute ago, you were one in eight billion, or for you two, you were two in eight billion, and now you're two in eight, mm. right? Yeah. By putting your interests into what you do. Now, if we mm -hmm. add a fourth item and the permutations are a, uh, a trillion, so it's actually wow. 128 times Earth, uh, population. So what I'm saying is by putting your interests into what you do and genuinely figuring out how to do it, and we have way more than three or four interests when there are way more than a thousand options. Yeah. When you put yourself into, and you guys are great examples of this, putting your relationship into what you do, putting health and fitness into it, both of you doing it simultaneously, like you guys have created something special and unique because literally the permutations are just astronomical. Mm. And so for anyone out there who's like, well, how do I be unique? I mean, it's just a matter of being brave and yeah. letting who you are come out. Mm. Yeah. That's I so love good. That. That's it's so encouraging. Like, I get this visual of when you're talking about permutations, I'm getting a visual of someone like swimming through a sea of potential where it's like, there is no path. You're just kind of floating around. There's uh, just unlimited potential seemingly. Right. And then as soon as you put your awareness on what you're interested in, suddenly 99.9999, whatever disappear. And the path becomes almost it definitely becomes clearer, but it's not mm. like it's set in. It's like, it's almost just like the next step is right there in front of you. You don't know where it's going, just the next step. And that's just the visual that I got like swimming. I like that. And then like, when you decide, I love this. I, I think it was Sean Stevenson that first shared this on his podcast, but the, the word decide literally means to cut, to cut away to cut away other mm. options. And so when you decide, and this comes back to really like 
getting to know yourself on a deeper level, which only then leads to what we're talking about at the top of the episode, more self-love. When you know yourself on a deeper level, you have the opportunity to show yourself love on a deeper level. And I can't help but think that um, expressing your uniqueness, your specialness through the things that you're really lit up by is an act of self-love, really. Absolutely. And I think there's more Mm self-confidence when someone can't take that away from you in the way that they could take something maybe that you've been told to do or like yeah, uh, or engage with, you know, there's like your experience because you guys are so tuned to what you've done and who you are and the experience you've had and sharing it. It's who's going to shit on that. They, they can't like the power that your message has shown to have, you know, you could have as many haters as you want. And it could still be like, Hey, like, there's just as many people who are into it because the authenticity is there underneath. Hey friends, I'm changing the subject for just a second to invite you into an act of appreciation. If the Medicine Podcast has added value to your life in any way, maybe bringing more consciousness into your partnership, your spirituality, or the products that you choose to have in your house, we would be so grateful if you could take two minutes to write a review in Apple Podcasts. And because this means so much to us, we will send you some of our favorite products to say a big thank you. Here's what you do. When you write your genuine five-star review in Apple Podcasts, before you push submit, take a screenshot and email that to themedicinepodcast at gmail.com. Remember, medicine does not have an E on the end. Themedicinepodcast at gmail.com along with your name and shipping address, we will then personally send you a special surprise thank you. It could be Real Mushrooms, Organifi, King Coffee, Keon, or even Immune Intel AHCC. It means that much to us. Cheers and love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point is, is, um, you know, talking about what leads to creativity and originality is, is really getting clear on what it is that lights you up. Really, when we, when we get reductionist about it, it's like, what lights you up? What would you choose to learn about in school if no one set the parameters for you? What would you be excited to learn about? Okay, here's a list of five or 10 things. Uh, what can you start incorporating now? Which leads leads us to, you know, um, some, I, I would love for you if you have like, I know there's a lot, but if you have like one or two laws that you mm. want to highlight even more that you find like absolutely critical for people to hear and to know about, what are maybe a couple laws that you can speak to where people can can start cultivating more originality and creativity in their life? Well, there's one law I brought to the table today that I think you all will enjoy as far as answering the latter question. So I'll hit that up at the end. In in general, I think, um, you know, the number one thing that people need to do, and we've really discussed it in depth, is to recognize what makes you unique and accept that being yourself and being weird, you know, quote unquote weird is actually just being brave and and authentic. Mm Mm-hmm. And then another one that resonates a lot is the law of competition, which says, don't compare yourself to others, 
but rather compare today's you to yesterday's. Mm, yes. And yeah. a lot of us, you know, it's human nature. We see something on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, and someone's got this cool thing, and then we want that thing, or we get down that we don't have that thing. Uh, and that everybody's on their own journey because that same person could look at what you've got and maybe there's something in your life that they are, you know, envious of. And it's just, it's, it's a self-perpetuating cesspool of sadness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so instead, you know, compare yourself to, to what you're doing and try to improve. And that does involve tracking. I think in some way, you know, I, I'm a big fan of discipline and impulse, right? The practical and the whimsical. And, you know, the whimsical is I love to play and screw around and joke around. And I'm very rarely serious until I find something that I need to work on. And then, you know, I'm disciplined and I engage that and I'll track it. And so I think, you know, for people out there, if you want to start tracking the, the thing that would bring you towards your goal is really important, you know, and today it seems to be very popular to call it habit tracking. You know, I was doing this. 10 years ago on, on the wall on a whiteboard. But, you know, if you want to write a book, put a big old square on the wall that says, write and check uh-huh. it off every day. Right. It's, yeah. that, it's that simple. Yeah. Um, but the law that I brought with me today that I think you all will enjoy is the law of symbiosis. Mm. And it says your body is more than just a container for your brain. It directly affects the quality of your thinking staying physically active and you'll reap the rewards of improved cognitive Mm. performance. Mm. Yes. So um, there was a neuroscientist at uh, NYU named Wendy Suzuki, and she proved the importance of the body and the mind. Have you heard of this? Uh, I don't think so. Name sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Like the quick version is she was holed up in her lab for years studying memory, I think. And she admitted she had no social life. She was out of shape. Uh, and all of a sudden she cracked and she needed to get out. So she goes on a whitewater rafting trip to Peru, which is not something I would do uh, <laughs> if I were you know, not ready for it. But she did it. And she realized uh, when they were setting up camp and they were doing that whole chain of people uh, carrying bags you know, by tossing them, she realized that she was the weakest link. Mm. So she gets in shape. Uh, when she gets back to New York, she totally changes everything. Several months later, she's sitting at her desk and she noticed that her writing is going incredible, that her research has gone phenomenally. And the only thing that's changed is her being in shape. And so she realized that there is a relationship between the body and the mind. And I don't understand why people have a hard time with this idea. Mm-hmm. when we know that the mind affects the body i think like if you're sad or you know you're you're anxious you physically feel it right and mm-hmm. we know the, the connection and backwards but the reverse of body to mind is surprising how many people deny that and so you know my favorite way of saying is like hey if if someone is unhealthy we expect their heart to be less performative uh their muscles to be weaker uh, you know, their liver, liver, their kidneys have problems. They're all organs. Yeah. Your brain is an organ. Why do you think that your brain is going to operate a top efficiency when none of the other ones are? Yeah. And so by keeping yourself healthy, you know, my point is that when you keep yourself healthy, you actually think better. 
and you open up yourself, of course, to being more creative, but just being more capable in general of every problem you face in life. Oh, yeah, I love that. So good. So spot on. I and mean, that could be a, an episode totally. <laughs> all in and of itself. And just the, just the habit forming of exercise. I mean, the, the whole idea with exercise is you're, you're tearing muscle fibers. You're actually injuring, micro injuring yourself such that you can repair and come back stronger, be able to face that resistance with more strength. And that priming of the nervous system for life outside of just the arena of sports or athletics or, you know, uh, fitness is so vitally important. I would imagine the creative process, there's blocks that occur all the time. There's moments of seemingly insurmountable challenges that if you're primed, even through something physical, that feedback loop of being like, I'm stuck here. I'm not able to push this, uh, resistance past the point um, that I'm at currently, but I know that with time I'll be, I'll be able to push through this, mm-hmm. like those simple laws that can be applied just in the physicality of life or through movement or through fitness, like wildly will prime the nervous system into being able to do that mentally, emotionally, yeah. uh, through occupation or through some sort of creative project. And if you think about the physiology as well of exercise in particular, increasing blood flow and circulation. Like I forget the exact percentage. Um, and I don't want to speak out of my butt, but, um, it's a large majority of the body's energy, um, and the amount of energy that it puts towards different systems. Like it puts a wild amount of energy up towards your, your brain, your mental capacities. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but think that by having a regular, you know, movement practice, whether that's walking or yoga or volleyball or lifting weights or whatever it is, it, you're only going to improve that circulatory system such that your brain and, and mental capacities would function so much better, like yeah. astronomically better. Yeah. Like you said, like, I don't understand why that's not a, like, uh, you know, a well-known concept I'm, amongst yeah, everyone. I'm shocked. Um, yeah. But I, I actually, you know, to answer an earlier question about, I think from Chase, what did I notice when working with um, people and especially people who are high achievers, they all were on, on average more healthy than average. Mm. Yeah. Workout routines, certain types of eating, you know, I personally, you know, uh, I'm on day like 2000 something straight of tracking and in terms of exercising, just keeping myself fit, you know, generally yeah. fit for so long. I think the benefits just keep on coming uh, in terms yeah. of clarity, mental clarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's the last last question for me here is. Um, you know, as you've shared this book with people, I know it's, it's, um, launch day today, but you have had other people Mm. read it. And of course you apply these concepts in your own life. What have you seen on the other side of understanding these laws of creativity or heard from readers of your book, how their life can transform change, um, once they get these laws or under have an awareness of these laws? Great question. I, I'm excited for more of that since today is the day where they'll actually be shipping. So far, I've shipped to 
friends and family and folks like yourselves. Um, one, I will say the most powerful reaction that I got was uh, one person in my life read it and he's a musician. And I thought, oh, this, you know, I'll make sure he gets it because this is probably going to be really interesting for him. And I remember he blew through the book in like a week and he gave me a call at like six in the morning. And he's like, dude, <laughs> dude, what's up? And he goes, you did not write a book about creativity. And I'm like, what? I thought I did. And he goes, dude, you wrote a book about being a human being. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And that was, you know, it's not my intention. Uh, and he compared it to the art of Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Like it's about maintaining a motorcycle, but it's actually about being Life. present yeah. and meditative and yet better human. And he was like, dude, you, you, this is what this book is. He's like, anybody could read this and get so much from it. And I was shocked. Uh, you know, that wasn't my goal. So I, that is the most profound feedback so far. And I'm excited to finally, you know, I guess if they start shipping today, towards the end of the week, I'll finally be getting some people's feedback and, you know, on to next week, I'm really excited and curious what, what people will say. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, we haven't gotten through the book entirely, but you know, we, we read to each other, uh, in the evenings and, um, have obviously picked through a lot of this and in, in prep for the interview. And, and something that I'm, I'm loving about this is, and it's kind of like the difference between, if we're talking like archetypes, the difference between the teacher slash professor and the mentor like if you think about the teacher and the professor they are pretty top to bottom left to right here are the rules here's what you need to study here's mm -hmm. how uh, you need to to execute and the mentor is more of a uh, embodied guide where they're kind of like giving you feedback where and when you need it but they're leaving autonomy and freedom for you to be able to create, be able to make your own mistakes, learn from them, be able to have your own wins and feel like they're actually your own and not somebody else's. And as I'm, I'm reading this book, I feel like it's that balance of, of the mentor, which is here's a structure. It's a successful structure, but within those guidelines, within these laws, there's autonomy and there's, there's literal creativity so that you can be able to mm. like create your own journey. And so like, that's the feedback that I have is, is it's a, a gentle mentor and not this sort of like 10 steps to X, Y, Z, uh, nor is it just a brainstorm of unrelated concepts. It really is this beautiful guide, uh, you know, kind of the mentor in, in book form, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I was just going to add, uh, I know a few of our, our listeners who know that we read to each other in the evening sometimes have also picked it up for their own partnership. And I think that you know, there's certain books that, um, you know, it's not so great. Like you don't want to have to like think super crazy hard about mm. very involved things at the end of the day. Like you want to have some, uh, edutainment really like education, but in the form of, you know, something that's entertaining. And I think that this would be a really yeah. great book. If anyone's listening and you have this practice of reading to your partner, uh, each other in the evening, like we do, I think that this would be a really, really great book to pick up and engage in, um, for, for, you know, reading with your partner, it would, it would bring up so yeah. much, uh, healthy, cool, uh, very fulfilling dialogue for sure. Wow. Well, thanks for the 
all the lovely comments and the feedback and the the idea. It's it, it, fun fact. Ariana read every chapter to me when I drafted it out loud so that I could watch her face and see where she got stuck, hear her mm. Uh, mm. feedback. And then I would go and edit it. And then I never looked at it again, but the whole book was born on, you know, a couple reading out yeah. loud. Wow. Oh, hell yeah. To develop it. <laughs> we, we picked up on that. That's so great. I love that. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, that concept is born into the book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah woven it's, in there. it's right in there. Oh, that's that. great. This, uh, so everybody, you know, this, this episode will drop, um, after the release date, but it is October 18th today. This thing is live. Joey, where can people get their hands on this beautiful and, uh, you know, quite sizable book? <laughs> yes. Uh, you can check out the laws of creativity at my website, joeycafone.com slash book, and that'll take you wherever you need to go. Or if you want to check out Baron Fig, the book is there too. Go to baronfig.com. Awesome. It. Guys, check this thing out. Um, is there a place to leave reviews? I'm, I'm assuming that's helpful as well. If people read, I'd love to be able to leave a review for you if that helps. Yeah. I mean, Amazon, you know, if you do buy through Amazon, you could leave a review. If you buy through Baron Fig, you could leave a review. Reviews cool. everywhere. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Last question we ask every guest on the medicine. We're all about leaning into the medicines that help us to create more conscious relationships in every aspect of life. These medicines that don't necessarily come in pill form, but just curious from you, what currently feels like medicine for you? Mm, you know, I'm going to, since I gave Ariana and Luigi in the beginning, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to go outside of that because they are my, you know, they are my medicine and they're, they keep me on the straight and narrow, but I will say that my buddy, Chris is a form of medicine in that he and I talk two or three times a day, you know, 6 a.m., uh, 9, 10 p.m. And it's so valuable to have someone else reorient perspective, you know, because mm. I'll be like, dude, this is what I'm seeing, man. You know, what do you think? And he'll, he'll be like, bro, this fucking, you know, spot on or dude, you're a moron. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's medicine. So, you know, it just, if anyone out there doesn't have a practice of, of, uh, sharing your life with someone else, I think that's something that you can, you know, give a hard, wholehearted attempt because it's, it has done wonders for me. Yeah. yeah. Loving, honest feedback. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. That's so great. Totally. Oh, this was so fun. And it flew by. Thank you so much for gracing our podcast and, and sharing your wisdom with our listeners. I know it's resonating for people and uh, I hope everyone goes out and grabs this book. Um, not only is it packed with information, it's also just beautiful it is. as a coffee table yeah. book. Like for sure, um, we're going to be uh, broadcasting it. We're going to be showcasing it on the bookshelf behind us. But um, is there anything else that you wanted to share or uh, leave our listeners? I want to thank you guys. Both of you are really wonderful human beings. And, you know, at this point, this is like we said, it's book launch. So I've done a lot of this up until today. And you two have really stood out as confident, calm, collected human beings that there's like an inner beauty uh, that comes out. You know, we're doing this on video. And so I'm able to really witness it. And that's that's pretty awesome. Um, 
and I'm grateful for the time that we spent together. Thank you. Uh, oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. That we, means a ton. We received that wholeheartedly. All right, you guys, go check out Baron Fig. Go grab Laws of Creativity. And of course, we will have all of those links in the show notes for you. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for hanging with us. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, along with the discounts, visit themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes for this episode. Until next time, cheers, boo.